welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are in this place with us right now, God. I pray that that would be the cry of our heart that we want nothing but to know you. We are here today, whether joining online or in person, we have come to encounter your heart. We have come to encounter you, God, and we want nothing but to know you better and to know your heart and what your love means for each and every one of us, God. We just pray that you would be glorified in this place, that you would move freely in this place, and that we would have hearts and ears and an open mind to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome. You guys, as you kind of take your seat, you can air, you know, high five to people. High five. You know what I mean. Wave to people. Say hi. (laughs) It is so good to be with you this morning in this place. Um, My name is Melissa. If I have not yet met you yet, like TJ said, we are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church. And we are in the middle of a series called Miracles of the Messiah. And so we've been going through the seven miracles in the Gospel of John that he laid out. And if John felt like these particular miracles were worthy enough to be recorded, and at the end of this book he says, these are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is who he says he is, then we thought it was important enough to take a deeper look into those seven miracles and what they say and how they talk to us about the character of Jesus and his heart for us. In week one, we learned about the very first miracle in Jesus' ministry, and it was him turning water to wine. We saw his heart to give us good gifts and to pour into us as empty, available vessels, and that he wants to pour out his blessings in our life. In week two, last week, we talked about Jesus healing the royal official's son. And it was because of this man's faith and his obedience that he was able to receive this miracle of healing for his son And it also showed us the heart of Jesus that he is for all people. He came for all walks of life. No matter their station, position, background, he's available to every one of us, and he wants to meet us where we're at and and give us a miracle. So this week we're going to be jumping in to John chapter 5, and we're going to read about the healing at the pool of Bethesda. So if you have your Bible... Um, or if you have your Bible app. I don't know how that works if you're joining us online from your phone, but bear with us because we'll also have it on the screen. But I just want to give you a minute to get there, to John chapter 5. The Bible, we always talk about that as something that can feel so intimidating sometimes. And I think that oftentimes we think of it as this rule book, that we have to do all these things to be able to earn the love of God. And when you look at it in that way, it's really, it's really intimidating. It oftentimes makes us want to not even open the Word of God because we feel like we could never measure up. How could we be that person? How could we be that perfect? And I just want to tell you that that is not the case at all, that the Bible is actually the living Word of God and that it is full of truth and hope and love, and it's actually a very good story of God's love for every one of us and how he would love us so much that he would send Jesus 
to come and to rescue us and to save us from our own sins and be that sacrifice. So it's full of his love. It's full of these stories and these testimonies of him using very broken people. If you open the Bible, you will not have to look very hard to find a broken person who messed up severely and was still used by God and was still able to step into purpose through Jesus. So that's what encourages me, and I hope that encourages you too. The Bible is actually a really awesome book to open, and it's filled with tremendous encouragement. So now hopefully you're there, Um, and we're in John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades, and in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So just to give a little context about the pool of Bethesda, it was believed that this pool of water was actually oftentimes, every so often, an angel from the Lord would come down and stir up the water, and then immediately after, those first people who would make it to the water would be healed. That's what they believed. So that's why there was these colonnades set up, and all of these people flocked to this one particular pool to find their healing. As we continue on, it says, One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? If you're taking notes, today's title of the message is called Pulled from the Sidelines. Pulled from the Sidelines. Let's pray before we jump in. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and active And I thank you that you have a powerful word for every one of us here this morning. God, I pray that you would help me to get out of the way, that your Holy Spirit would speak to every one of our hearts, and that we would have hearts open and ready to receive it. We thank you and we praise you that you are faithful and that you are moving and that you are alive and active in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this this question that Jesus poses— Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? Is another translation. What is Jesus doing here to this this man at this pool of Bethesda? Jesus does what he does best, and he is getting straight to the heart of the matter. He is speaking directly to this man's heart. Does he even want to be healed? Now, sure, you might be thinking, appearances say, yes, of course he wants to be healed. He is sick, he is an invalid, and he's at this miracle pool of water. He's there waiting for his miracle. And I thought about that, how deceiving sometimes appearances are, and how Jesus doesn't really care about the appearances of anything. He cares about our hearts. He cares about this man's heart. And so he says, do you even want to be healed? No matter what the appearances might say. Appearances might say, yeah, I go to church. I read my Bible. I post verses on Instagram and on Facebook. Appearances might say that I'm a pretty good person. I show you what I want you to see, right? 
I am a pretty good Christian because I serve my community and I serve my church. So appearances might say a whole lot of things, right? Appearances, they make everyone else think that you have it all together sometimes because it's what you want people to see. But God looks past appearances. He, he looks past all of the appearances that we put out there, our highlight reels, if you will. He's not concerned about what our life looks like from the outside looking in. He's concerned with the inside. He's concerned with our hearts, the condition of our hearts. And that's the same with this man at the pool. He's speaking straight to his heart. In 1 Samuel, the Lord said he doesn't look at things the way that we see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It doesn't matter that everyone else thinks you're doing good. Jesus knows the deepest places of your heart. He knows those places that actually aren't doing well, that are actually sick and wounded and hurting. He knows and he cares enough to call you out in love. Do you want to be healed? Maybe nobody else knows the miracle that you have been praying for or the healing that your heart needs. Maybe you haven't even shared that with your closest loved ones, but Jesus knows. And he's so good about taking away all the appearances and all of the, the fluffy prayers that sometimes we will pray and get straight to the heart of the matter. He knows what your soul needs. He knows what your heart needs. And he is what you need. Why is it that he is so quick to cut to our heart, to ask us, what is your motive? What is actually going on to reveal the things in our heart that need to be healed? It's because he is the only one who offers that healing. He knows what we need and he has what we need. Appearances don't matter. The condition of your heart is what he cares about. So this man was clearly sitting at this place where people go to get healed. So appearances say that he must have wanted it, right? They say that he must have had some bit of faith to be there, to be waiting on a miracle. And yet still Jesus asks him this question, do you want to be healed? Now listen to this man's response. If it were me and I didn't know it was Jesus, I'll say that. If I didn't know that this man was Jesus, I'd be like, yeah, I'm here, aren't I? I would be a little irritated. <laughs> um, but this sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going down, another steps down before me. Okay, I want to unpack this response a little bit. And I feel like we might be spending a little bit more time on these few verses than we might typically. It, it'd be easy to brush past this. But his response, I think, as I prayed about this, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is about to open our eyes here to some things in our own lives, in our own hearts, that God wants to do a miracle in. What was holding this man back from experiencing his healing miracle? Well, if you asked him, which Jesus didn't really ask him, what's holding you back? He asked him if he wanted to be healed. He didn't answer, yes, I want to be healed. His answer tells us that he's clearly the victim here, right? He's the victim. 
His mindset tells us that he is living with this victim mentality. I have no one to put me in the pool. I have no one here that cares enough about me to actually lead me to the place where I can be healed. How can I be healed when life has given me such a bad hand? I'm here, but no one's going to help me. No one's going to put me in the pool. And then when I do start to go into the water, guess what? Someone beats me to it. So everyone else gets theirs, and I don't get mine because they push me out of the way, and they get healed before me, and it's really their fault. I am not getting what I need because of them. And so we see that he has this victim mentality, and he has this, I I guess, this innate ability to play the blame game, right? So clearly, Jesus knew that there was something going on here, something in this man's situation that was different than what appearances told him. Do you want to be healed? Many of us, I believe, have a need right now. We have places in our heart that we need healing. Maybe it's things that we have deep down and it's from childhood wounds or whatever it is. There's places in our life that we might not even recognize or have the self-awareness that we need healing. And it comes up and it comes out in different relationships and different situations that trigger us. And all of a sudden, we're bleeding on everyone else without even recognizing and taking ownership that, yeah, I actually have a wound that I need healed first. Maybe we've been praying for that miracle. That miracle that is a physical healing. That miracle of, you know, someone else's salvation in your life. Whatever that miracle looks like, we've been praying for a long time. And we're waiting on our miracle. We might have deep wounds and emotional pains, and we might desperately need to be redeemed and to feel whole again. And to those of you who are silently suffering, I just want to tell you that in those moments of darkness and in those moments where you feel like nobody else hears you and you're wondering, is there hope? Is there hope for me? Is there hope for healing? Is there hope for something beyond this, something better? I just want to tell you with all of my heart emphatically, yes. Yes, there is hope. And you know what? Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. That is our hope. He is our hope. There is nothing that is is too big and too beyond him in your life. And there is nothing too hidden in the dark, deep places of your heart that he doesn't want to come in and speak to and heal and restore and redeem and bring purpose to. That's who he is. That's who Jesus is. He offers us healing. He offers us wholeness and fullness. He offers us redemption. He offers us abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And and I think oftentimes we have this belief that he's withholding from us. That somehow he does have more, but he has more for other people. He has more for my neighbor or my sister or my brother. But for me, I think he's kind of like withholding a little bit for some reason. 
But the truth is, is that he is available to every one of us. And it's a lie that tells you otherwise. All throughout the word, you see that his, his invitation to come and know him, to come into relationship with him, to know who his, his heart and his character is. Matthew chapter 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Oh, I didn't tell you. The, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. So if you want to take notes with that. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It's a lie. Straight from the enemy that tells you anything else. That if you want to find God, you will find him. If you ask, if you seek, if you say, Jesus, I want to know you more, you have that available to you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do abundantly more, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory. Immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. This means that you don't even have the ability sometimes to ask for what you need, but he can still give you more than what you think you need because that is his heart for every one of us. So let's get real for a minute and look at what is holding us back from receiving everything that he offers us. What's holding us back in our lives from healing, from our redemption, if this is everything that Jesus offers us, if he offers us life and life to the fullest, if he offers us redemption and healing and wholeness, then why so often are we living feeling defeated, like it's some elusive thing that we could never have? Sometimes I don't think that we even realize or we even have the self-awareness how much our hearts are much like this man's by the pool. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be set free? You might answer, well, yeah, of course I do. I'm tired. But you just don't know how hard my life is. You just don't know what hand I've been dealt. You don't know how I grew up. You don't know what just happened to me. Friends, Jesus didn't die on that cross for us to be a victim forever of our circumstances. He did not die on the cross so that we can live with this victim mentality that nothing good will ever come to me. You don't know how hard it is for me. He died to give us victory. He died to give us freedom. He died to give us salvation. And he wants to pull us up and pull us off the sidelines like this man has been living in, watching everyone else get their miracle, watching everyone else be healed. And he wants to pull us off the sidelines of our faith and step into victory with Jesus. No matter what comes, we have victory. He's calling us today to take that victim card that we've been carrying around in our pocket, that we pull out at the drop of a hat and say, but, but you don't know. This is what happened to me. To take the victim card that we carry and to step into a life of victory. To burn that card once and for all and to step into a life of victory through Jesus. Do you want to be healed? Some of you might be saying, yes, I want to be healed, but you know, you don't know what they did to me. 
and you don't know what they say about me, and you don't know how they hurt me. It's really impossible for me to get beyond that. You might say, I want to be free from this bitterness that I'm carrying. I want to be free from this unforgiveness that eats away at me. But they said this, and they did this. And I can't possibly forgive the wounds that they've caused in my heart. And I want you to know that Jesus really does care. He really does care about the pain that you are walking through. He cares about your heart. But you know what? He cares so much that he wants to free you from it. He wants to give you a life, abundant life, abundantly more. He says, yes, I'll take care of that pain. I'll take care of those wounds, but you have to give them to me. And I have more for you. Don't let what they did to you be greater than what he's done for you. You cannot let that happen. We can't hinder ourselves from our own healing by blaming everyone else for the hurt that we're experiencing in our life. When we're honest with ourselves, when we drop the facade, and we start to realize the things in our life that are hindering us and holding us back, then we will be able to allow Jesus in. We can trust him with our heart. We can trust him with our hurts. And when we let him in to our greatest pain and wounds and weaknesses, that's when we get to receive healing and redemption, wholeness and freedom through Jesus. He can't heal what you hide. He knows it. He sees it. But if you're always trying to hide it from him, you're never honest with yourself and with him, he's not going to be able to heal it. This is an invitation. He's not beating down the door of your heart. He's inviting you in. He's not trying to make us feel bad. He's asking us, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be free from the bondage of bitterness and unforgiveness? Do you want to be healed and set free and restored? And he's asking that because he is everything that he's offering us. We can believe him for it. We can take him at his word. And there are so many things in life that keep us held back and hindered from our healing. Sitting sidelined and bitter and blaming everybody else. But you know what? God through Jesus is offering us life and life to the fullest. And I'm going to keep saying that because sometimes I think we need to hear it over and over and over. What is Jesus offering us? Life and life to the fullest. Not, he's offering us eternal life for sure. But sometimes we forget that here and now he says you can have life and life to the fullest. It's there for the taking. Healing is waiting for us through Jesus. He is our redeemer. He is our restorer. He brings freedom in our life. And freedom is on the other side of our surrender. Freedom is on the other side of our obedience. Freedom is on the other side of our honesty and transparency with him. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to receive everything that Jesus is standing here offering you? Ask and you shall have. Seek and you shall find. He is not withholding. He is inviting. 
What if there are some miracles that God wants to do in and through you, and the only thing holding you back from stepping into those miracles is you? God's just waiting on you to receive what he has standing in front of you. I offer you this life, life to the fullest. Maybe it's a lack of trust. Maybe it's a lack of surrender. Maybe it's going back to that lack of self-awareness that you don't even realize sometimes what it is that you're holding on to so tightly. And he's saying, let it go. Let me in to those places of pain and hurt. Let me in so that I can heal it because this isn't working, right? It's not working, just faking it till you make it. It's not working that everybody else thinks you're going through life okay, and you're going home at night, and you're crying yourself to sleep because there's places in your heart that are broken and wounded. That's not working. He's saying, I have healing for you. Do you want to be made well? Yes, I would say, yes, I do. And so if we say yes to that, if we say, yes, I want everything that Jesus has for me, then we have got to act in faith and obedience. It's not enough to just say, yeah, I want to be made well. Of course I want to be made well. And then follow it up with, but, you know, playing those same games, the victim, the men, victim mentality, the blame game. We have to act. This man sat for 38 years on the sidelines, so close to this miracle healing water, unable to receive the healing that he needed. And then one day, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, the healer. One encounter with Jesus, and this man's life was radically transformed. That's all it takes. And you know what? He still hasn't said, that he wants to be healed. But watch what he does in response to Jesus. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and he walked. Get up, pick up your mat, pick up the thing that you felt tied you down, kept you in the place of being an invalid, kept you in a place of not receiving your healing, get up, pick up your mat, and go. It's not just answering yes. It's acting on the faith and the belief that his healing is available to you. His healing is available to you. He didn't answer yes, but he acted in obedience when Jesus told him to do something. If I could have Becky come up on the keys as we close out, as we get ready to close out this message. I just, I just felt like that was a word for someone, that it's so much more than that verbal response, that it's a movement. It's a way that we live out our faith, our faith that Jesus is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. That's the truth of his character. And he's asking us, do you believe me for it in your life? Because I love you that much. In James chapter 2, he's talking about Abraham and his faith. His faith that would lead him to sacrifice his own son at one point because God said to do it. His faith led him to obedience. And it says, 
you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Yeah, we might have faith in our heart. We might say we believe, but do we walk it out? Do we walk out our lives as if we believe that at any moment God can give us what we need? He can give us that miracle. He can provide healing in our life. Do we believe him at his word? Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for the one who believes. Do you want to be made well? Then show him. Respond and receive everything he's offering us in faith. All throughout the word, we can see that God responds to our faith. He acts and he moves through our faith, through our belief that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do, that this is really who he is. We can take him at his word. He moves on our faith. Think about that. By faith, you have been made healed. How many times have you heard Jesus say that in the Bible? By faith, you have made, been made whole. Go, your faith has healed you. If you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, then you can say to the mountain, move, and it will move. Sometimes that's all we have is faith, just a little bit of faith. And he says, that's enough. If you have faith, if you believe me from my word, I will move on your behalf. Faith leads us to obedience. And obedience leads us into a position to receive everything that God offers us through Jesus. Everything that he offers us. He offers us healing. He offers us wholeness. He offers us life and life to the fullest, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. He offers us restoration. He offers us redemption. He offers us purpose. He offers us freedom. He offers us love, unconditional, unconditional love. Not like you've ever experienced or will ever experience here on earth by another human being. It's a different kind of love. It's a love that says, no matter what you do, I will still love you. No matter where you go, I will still love you. No matter how distant you feel, I will still pursue you because of my love for you. This is his love for us. So we can live our lives trying to just appear like we have it together, trying to just appear like we're a good person and we're a good Christian and we have all of the things, all of our ducks in a row. Or we can throw off everything that hinders. We can be honest with ourselves and we can be honest with our Savior. And we can receive everything that he offers us. Do you want to be healed? Do you really want to be free from maybe those same sin struggles that hold you back? Do you want to be free from the bitterness and the unforgiveness? Do you want to be free? Do you want to step into the plans and the purpose that he has created you for? Or are you a little too comfortable sitting on the sidelines? watching everyone else step into their purpose, watching everyone else step into their miracle and receive their healing. 
Are you a little too comfortable with the sin struggles that you've just come to know? You know it's hurting you. You know it's hurting others. And yet it's just there's something about it that it's comfortable. It's scary to step out in faith. It's scary to step into the unknown. Sure, God has something good for you, but what is it? I don't know what that looks like. That's new territory. But he's calling us off the sidelines. And the Holy Spirit, what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit is that he will reveal your own heart to you if you ask him. If you're sitting there saying, like, I don't know what's holding me back, ask him. Invite the Holy Spirit in. Holy Spirit, what do you see that I'm missing? What is in my heart? Tell me what is there. And he will show you those areas of your heart and of your life where if you're honest, maybe your answer to Jesus' question, do you want to be healed? Maybe that answer has been no. No, that's too scary. No, I don't trust you with that. No, I'm doing good on my own. Maybe your answer has been no. Where in your life and in your heart are you missing out on your miracle? Because you're answering no. It's a valid question that Jesus asked this man. Do you want to receive healing? You might be here today and you might have already counted yourself out from your healing. Counted yourself out from that miracle that you've been praying for. Maybe you've already come to terms with sitting on the sideline because what you're walking through, the pain and the heartache, the hardship, maybe it's something that you feel you had a part in inflicting. Maybe you've been condemning yourself and keeping yourself held back from everything God has for you because you're saying, well, I deserve this. I did this to myself. This is my own doing, so what else? I mean, why would Jesus want to step into this? And I just feel compelled to point something out to you in the, in the text. You see, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. He found this man again. And he said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. What does this reveal to us? I think it reveals that this man's physical ailment was actually a result of his own flesh, his own sin, his own struggle. There was something there. We don't know what it is, and we don't know why it is, but there's something there that in, in the past when Jesus has healed someone and go, your faith has healed you, things like that, he doesn't speak to their sin. But he knew this man's heart, and now he's speaking to his sin. And he's saying, I've healed you. Now go and sin no more. He knows that he did something to cause this in his life. But it doesn't matter to Jesus. And that's what I want to you to hear this morning. It doesn't matter if you've caused it on yourself. It doesn't matter if it's been your own mistakes and your own mess-ups and your own sin that has brought this on yourself. Jesus still wants to heal. He still wants to restore. He still wants to redeem it. That's who Jesus is. That is his heart that we see. It just didn't matter where this man was coming from. Jesus still loved him the same and still offered him an invitation to step into this miracle of healing. 
He will restore and he will heal and he will perform miracles and he will redeem even if we've messed up royally. <laughs> even if we brought it on ourselves. So I don't want you to let the enemy keep you on the sidelines. I don't want you to let the lies of the enemy make you feel like somehow what Jesus is offering you is not for you because it is. It is. John chapter 10, verse 10 and 11. Jesus is speaking to the fact that we have a very real enemy of our soul. He doesn't want you to step into freedom. He doesn't want you to step into relationship with Jesus. He doesn't want you to find healing. He wants to keep you hindered and held back. He wants to whisper lies of condemnation in your ear every day when you think that you got up and you're doing a better thing today. I'm building a better life. I'm stepping into my purpose. He wants to come and whisper in your ear, you're still not good enough. That's not enough. We remember what you did. Remember last night? Remember last week? You're not worthy of a better life. But listen to what Jesus says about this thief, this enemy that we have. He said, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come. He has come to us to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. How good is this Jesus? How good is it, this, this life that he offers us? This is his promise for you, and don't for a minute let the enemy tell you anything else. This is what he's offering you today. It's this invitation to more, more than where you've been living, more than the pain you've been feeling, more than the brokenness that you have in your heart. He's offering you more. And we don't ever close a service without giving an invitation. An invitation to step into a relationship with Jesus. And I just felt so strongly that this whole message, this whole story that was included in the book of John was an invitation. Jesus' question to this man was an invitation. I'm here, he's saying, I'm here to give you more. Do you want it? Do you want a life with me? of abundantly more? Do you want to be set free? Because that's what I died for. Not just this elusive, like, oh, all people, he died for all people, he did. But he knew you by name when he was on that cross. And so he died for you. Insert your name. He's talking to you. He's making this personal. And so I just want to have everyone here in this place and online, this is a moment for you. It's a personal moment between you and Jesus. If you could have your eyes closed and your head bowed, I just want you to sit in this moment and know that Jesus still speaks, that he is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. And that he is inviting you to more. He is asking you today, do you want to be healed? He loved you so much that he came to this earth and he took on every mistake you ever made, are making, will make, 
And he died for those sins. He died for those mistakes so that you could have eternal life, but not just eternal life, but life here and now to the fullest with him. And he rose again and he ascended to heaven so that we can be with him one day. And this is the invitation this morning. That same question. He asked that man that day. He's searched you out. He's sitting right there with you and he's saying, do you want to be healed? I want you to be healed. I want you to be set free. I want you to walk away with that burden surrendered at my feet. I want you to step into the fullness of joy and purpose and life with me. I want that for you, my son and my daughter. Believe me at my word. Maybe you want that today and you've actually never even accepted the invitation that Jesus has for you to step into a relationship with him. And he's asking you today, do you want to be whole? Will you step into a relationship with me and walk out this faith journey? If that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you go ahead and just raise your hand in this place? I want to pray over you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, I pray. I pray over every hand that's raised, God. I ask that you would continue to speak, continue to move. God, I thank you that they are stepping into a relationship with you today and it's the best decision that they could ever make where they are saying, yes, God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your invitation. I want to walk away forever changed by your presence, forever changed by who you are, made whole, healed, restored, redeemed. God, I pray over these lives. I pray, God, that they would hear from you in a powerful way, not just today, but in their Monday and in their Tuesday. Holy Spirit, that you would continue to speak and move in their hearts. I pray against the enemy in their lives too, God. I pray and rebuke him in Jesus' name that every lie that sets itself up against the truth of who you are and what you offer would be torn down in Jesus' name. That they would be able to step into freedom. Step out of this bondage that the enemy has tied them up in and know that they have a purpose. That you created them and love them and are leading them into more. A life of fullness in you. And we praise you for that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm coming to you. I just felt like I needed to say this. I'm coming to you from a place of having a really hard time receiving that truth for myself sometimes as well. It's not that I'm saying I have it all together. There's places in my own heart where sometimes I, ha I get hung up on those things too. That it's hard to say, yes, what Jesus is offering is for me. I can receive it. And I just want you to know that you're not alone and that we're better together. 
to find community, to find people to surround yourself with who will remind you that actually Jesus has more for your life. He has purpose for your life. He will take the worst pain and he will give purpose to it for your good and for his glory. That's what he does. That's who he is. That is this Jesus that we serve. So I just want to encourage you with that today. You're not alone. And this, let this be a marker for your life. A marker that you are set free in Jesus' name. That he is pursuing your heart and he is telling you there's so much more. There's so much more. I want to sing the song again, Waymaker. I just feel like it's such a beautiful response to this word, that this is who he is. This is who he is. And from the depths of your soul, cry out these truths. Let them sink down deep within you and let it carry you throughout your week. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.